Hello everybody, welcome back to the Insightful Thinkers Podcast. What can be said about Kendrick Lamar that hasn't already been said? He has put out some of the most complex albums in hip-hop history, and in recent music history as far as I'm concerned. Damn was another masterpiece of Kendrick's that received widespread critical acclaim. It became the first hip-hop album ever to win the Pulitzer Prize for Music and won Best Rap Album at the 2018 Grammy Awards. Uh, The Pulitzer Prize is given to a distinguished musical composition of significant dimension by an American. Um, So it's it's a greatly awarded album. It's an album that was met with widespread critical acclaim, and we're going to talk about why that is today, what makes this album so complex and so unbelievable. Kendrick's use of... uh, kind of philosophical ideas and how he kind of fights with different ideas is just unbelievable in this album. And the main kind of philosophical idea in this album is the relationship between wickedness and weakness, the wickedness of the world versus the weakness of the human mind and how an imperfect human mind operates in such a possibly corrupt world with so many undesirable things So it starts with blood, and this is where this idea of is it wickedness or is it weakness theme kind of arises. It says, is it wickedness, is it weakness, you decide. And later in the album, in Lust, you see that maybe it is in our power to decide if we want to blame our undesirable behaviors and undesirable traits on the wickedness of the world, or if we want to take responsibility for our actions. And later it talks about how it is actually me versus me. It's not me versus the world. So we're going to talk about that later, but um, this is really the general theme of the album. So we start with DNA, and this is the first song that Kendrick raps on. And in DNA, Kendrick is prideful, he's braggadocious, he's boastful, he's conceited, and he's condescending to others. And these are kind of weaknesses of Kendrick's that he says are somewhat rooted in his DNA. Uh, He says, sleeping in a villa, sipping from a Grammy, diamond in the ceiling, marble on the floors, beach inside the window. At 29, I've done so well, hit cartwheels in my estate. I just win again, then win again. You see the Corvette tire skirt, the boulevard. My DNA is not for imitation. Your DNA is an abomination. So he kind of is saying how, these he talks about how the suckers in in hip-hop have kind of undesirable things in their dna compared to all the royalty and loyalty inside of his dna that he says in the song but this brings up the question are all of these prideful things that you're talking about do they represent the strength inside your dna or do these actually represent weakness and insecurity in your dna that you don't see and you only see the abomination in other people's DNA, but what about yours? You're so prideful and maybe you're the one with an issue here. So he hints at this idea that maybe Kendrick is the one with the issue because he says at the end of the song, he says, tell me when destruction is going to be my fate. So at some point he kind of foreshadows this idea that he could find destruction if he keeps behaving in a prideful way and speaking in a prideful way and harboring traits like pride and so on. We come over to Ya, where the weakness in this song is uh, succumbing to temptations. And Kendrick says how he knows God walks the earth, but he says there's money to get and there's girls to pursue. There are zeros to flip. 
Temptation is first on my list. I can't resist. So you see this, this more weakness from Kendrick. So these first couple songs, he's really talking about his own weaknesses um, and how these are afflicting him. And Element, he continues with this and he kind of builds on DNA um, and how DNA is kind of made up of these elements. And in Kendrick's element, in his DNA, he is prideful. So he says, seven figures, that's slimmer than my girl's figure. I'm going digital and physical on all y'all. Bunch of criminals and money in my phone calls. Most of y'all just envy, but jealousy will get you killed. So again, he's still exhibiting this this prideful way that he he's he's condescending to others. He's saying, oh, you guys are so envious, but jealousy's going to be what gets you guys killed. Because from a prideful standpoint, you're blinded by how prideful you are. But in reality, as Kendrick says later on the album, it actually may be his own pride that will be the death of him. It, said, it says pride's going to be the death of you and me. So Kendrick doesn't realize this at the time. In his element, he's very prideful. But that's actually what's going to be the death of Kendrick. It's, it's not going to be the jealousy of others that gets them killed. It's going to be Kendrick's own pride. Um, Kendrick's pride is what makes him in the song want to go eye for an eye and put the Bible down. So, uh, so kind of a background for individuals who don't know what this reference may mean. So in the Bible, Jesus talks about not going eye for an eye. In Matthew 5, 38, verse 42, he says, Ye have heard that it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, that ye resist not evil, but whoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. So in the Bible, it talks about how you don't go eye for an eye. You you don't uh, respond to individuals evil with vengeance of your own. You don't go eye for an eye. But Kendrick, through his pride, he wants to put the Bible down and go eye for an eye with people because he's too proud not to retaliate and to show vengeance to those who spite him. Uh, we come on to feel now, and here it centers on Kendrick's feelings, of course, and is therefore the track that focuses again on Kendrick's weaknesses. So, the newly introduced weaknesses here are thinking negatively about just about everything. So, now it's almost a weakness of thought and a propensity to think negatively. He says, I feel like I'm losing my focus. I'm losing my patience. I have no hope. I don't want to be bothered. I feel like there's a chip on my shoulders. And he says, I feel like I am legend and y'all are peasants. So again, this weakness of pride comes back. And on top of this weakness of thinking negatively about just about everything that he, <clears throat> that he introduces in feel, he says, I feel like the whole world wants me to pray for him, but who's praying for me? So this introduces for the first time the relationship between the internal weaknesses that Kendrick has been talking about for so long and the wickedness of the world now. So perhaps Kendrick feels so negatively about everything because those around him aren't giving him adequate support. So yes, Kendrick has this weakness, but maybe it's because of the wickedness of the world and and not receiving enough support and enough prayer for others in Kendrick's case is the support he's looking for. So this internal conflict, this, these weaknesses that Kendrick has are influenced by undesirable aspects of the world around him. The wickedness. Is it wickedness? Is it weakness? You decide. We come on to pride where, of course, no surprise, the weakness, the weakness, excuse me, he's talking about here is pride. He says, love's going to get you killed, as I mentioned, but pride's going to be the death of you and me. He says, I can't fake humble just because you're insecure. So look how he can't fake being humble because his pride doesn't allow him to. 
he and again this condescension he he sees someone else's insecure but maybe it's kendrick who's insecure here um so there's the the weakness of, of of pride not being able to reduce it he can't be humble but then there's the wickedness as well of the imperfect world again you see the relationship here and how the wickedness of the world may influence how your weak traits get exhibited so uh, he he says these words. He says, "A perfect world is never perfect, only filled with lies. Promises are broken, and more resentment comes alive. Race barriers make inferior you and I. In a perfect world, I'll choose faith over riches. I'll choose work over women. I'll make schools out of prison. I'll take all the religions and put them all in one service. In a perfect world, I would be perfect. In a perfect world, I probably won't be insensitive." So Kendrick is saying that. On the one hand, he's saying um, how imperfect the world is, but on the other hand, he's really making an excuse for him his own weaknesses, and he's saying he's blaming his own weaknesses on the how imperfect the world is. So, in a perfect world, Kendrick says, "Oh yeah, I'd definitely be perfect. I'd do all of these great things." But the world isn't perfect, so too bad. I guess I can't do these things. Um, so the wickedness of the world is kind of bringing Kendrick down and he's using it as an excuse not to overcome the wicked ways of the world. So again, we come, is it the wickedness of the world, Kendrick, that is making you not be able to do these things? Or is it your own inherent weakness that makes you not able to do these things, regardless of if the world was perfect? I know you're saying that if the world was perfect, you'd be perfect, but is that just an excuse? Are you actually imperfect? Do you have weaknesses yourself that don't allow you to do all these great things in the community and 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 to help people out? So this is this really is the brilliance of Kendrick's work because it's he what he's really doing he's he's doing a philosophical exploration of such complex issues of the of the imperfect individual within the imperfect world and then the interplay between these parties and he's 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 really playing with these ideas throughout this album no song is to be taken kind of individually really and when you take songs individually oh it may, it may look like oh what kind of album is this kendrick is just being conceited he is what's he talking about he's being so proud he's not being humble we're going to talk about humble in the next song how it's the total opposite he's totally not humble in that song he's actually telling others to be humble um but you may look at one track on its own and, and critique it, but when you look at the album as a whole, you realize that each song is just playing with these ideas of, in in the case of Damn, of, of weakness of the individual versus wickedness of the world. And it's all supposed to be considered as it relates to the whole project. And hopefully that comes together at the end uh, by the time this analysis is over for you guys. Because in Duckworth, he really settles on his own perspective of, of the decision to be made of whether it should you should blame your behavior on the wickedness of the world or your own weakness we come to humble now and the weaknesses conveyed on humble are his pride his feelings of superiority as we've we've seen throughout the album so far and also hypocrisy gets really introduced here so the pride and feelings of superiority can be found in bars like i don't fabricate it most of y'all be faking girl i can buy you the world with my pay stub and i'm counting this money so or I'm counting this, but obviously it's about counting this money. So you see the hypocrisy here um, in other bars when Kendrick feels so exalted that he thinks he has the right to actually tell everyone but himself to be humble. But in reality, this shows Kendrick's weakness of hypocrisy 
seeing as he should be reminding himself to be humble, because let's not forget, pride's going to be the death of you, as it said in the last song. So he look at the hypocrisy here. So he says, if I quit this season, I'll still be the greatest. I stay modest about it. I'm the realist after all. Be humble. So look at this hypocrisy. So on one hand, he's he's the one, he says he's the one staying modest, even while bragging. So look at the hypocrisy there. And also look at the hypocrisy when he tells others to be humble while being conceited himself. So it's like this double hypocrisy almost that... Um, through Kendrick telling others their weaknesses and their jealousy and how they should be humble, he's only exposing his own weakness uh, of being hypocritical. And this is really what puts Kendrick in this critically acclaimed realm, you guys, of an artist who, an artist could easily just make an album full of tracks like Humble with these braggadocious things. And they very well could make a song more popular than Humble or, with greater, even greater lyricism than humble, you could say, and bragging and things like this. But when you look at the whole album, what you realize is that humble is not a representation of everything Kendrick's trying to say. It's just, it's almost like a, it's almost like a way for Kendrick to point out his flaws through the song. So even though while you're just listening to the song on its own and and you can you can get excited to that about the braggadocious things Kendrick's saying, but in the context of the album, this is just a song to actually show Kendrick's weakness. So because you can kind of connect all of these songs and and look at it in the context of a broader theme, that's what makes Kendrick's art superior to so many other hip hop artists because he really puts some thought into the way he constructs these albums. He doesn't just say things just to say it. He says things to build on and and develop the themes that you can clearly see when you listen to the entire project. And we'll discuss later in the album how on fear, Kendrick says he's afraid that people will highlight his simplest lines when he's gone. And we'll look at a line from Humble and say, oh, this is all Kendrick was. He was just this braggadocious rapper and not look at the look at his work in the context of his whole body of work because he puts so much thought into it and it goes over so many people's heads. So he talks later about how he's afraid of this very thing that people won't take songs as they relate to his entire work. And that's what humble is. It's not bragging just to brag. It's bragging to show his hypocrisy, his pride and how it, it slowly is, is actually breaking Kendrick down in lust, you we continue to see now what we see is the weakness of lust. And Kendrick doesn't use it in a sexual way. It's used more to do with just a strong desire for anything um, within the wicked and corrupt American society. So he talks about man's lustful ways, he talks about woman's lustful ways, and then he talks about his own lustful ways and how they all exhibit this same strong desire and addiction for certain things within the world that aren't necessarily beneficial to their own health so or well-being so he talks about man's lustful ways so in verse one he's he's talking from the perspective of almost the stereotypical lustful man in the hood for instance so he says waking up thinking about money just be lazy and kick your feet up don't go to work watch a comedy roll some weed look for a girl sip some lean play some madden rob someone shoot some guns go to the club and so on so this is like the stereotypical kind of lazy, 
uh, lustful in a way that it's like a strong desire to just be living in such a uh, in a carefree way so as not to generate kind of your own your own development and and you lack focus and you lust over things that are your vices within this world in this case it's money for him it's drugs it's women it's video games it's robbing and shooting and just being a fool really and that's those are the lustful ways of the stereotypical man in the in poverty uh, and he talks about the lustful ways of a woman in the hood too so in the woman's case, it Kendrick says she wakes up thinking about money, kick your feet up, touch yourself, flex on the girls on the gram, go to the club, pop a pill, pull a scam. So this mirrors the lustful man in the hood. And then Kendrick talks about his own lustful ways. He says, and in it from his perspective, he says, wake up with your head spinning from the last night, show up late for a meeting, lose another chain, go make an M. Lately, I feel like I've been lusting over the fame. So Kendrick, even though he's outside of the hood and outside of these impoverished environments, he still exhibits lustful ways of his own. Even though he's well off and making more money, he's still addicted to chasing fame and the, the money it can bring in. He says, hop on the bird, hit the next city for another M, take a nap, and then do it again. So no matter what Kendrick is saying, no matter what stage you are in life, what state, what, what economic class or or societal class you're in, everyone's exhibiting their lustful ways. And why is this? Well, Kendrick again um, introduces the wickedness of the world as something that could be contributing to everyone living in such foolish ways. Because all of the Americans have experienced such a wicked world that may make them live in, in, these, in these types of lustful ways. So in, in the next verse, Kendrick talks about how when Trump was elected, everybody felt cheap in America because Trump doesn't care about their impoverished state in the ghettos. Um, this final verse discusses how everyone complains about Trump's election, um, but no changes are actually made personally. And in the end, they still end up exhibiting their same lustful ways. So he says, tell the neighbor about it. Bet they agree. Parade the streets with your voice proudly. But time passing, things change, reverting back to our daily programs stuck in our ways, lust. So that's what lust is for Kendrick. It's you try to blame all of your issues and your and your vices and your behaviors on the wickedness of the world and oh man, Trump was elected, what are we gonna do now? And things like this. But what about your own lustful addictive ways? You you get you're so stuck in your ways that maybe you should turn the mirror back towards yourself rather than pointing it and, and pointing at factors you can't control. And this goes back to the wickedness or weakness. You decide, maybe you decide if, you, uh, if you're going to blame it on the wickedness of the world or if you're going to blame it on your own weakness. So he says, way too hot to simmer down, might as well overheat. So it's almost here like Kendrick is saying, oh, the, the, metaphorically, the world is too hot. Everything's up in flames. I might as well just overheat. I might as well just live in a weak way. This is kind of like when in Pride when Kendrick was talking about how, um, he, how he uses the imperfect world as an excuse for him not to be perfect. So in the same way, he says, here, it's everything's too hot. Everything's up in flames. So I might as well overheat too. I might as well behave weakly as well. 
Um, but you do have that choice to to overheat metaphorically and to behave in a lustful way, Kendrick is saying. So, you remember from the intro track, Blood, when Kendrick said, is it wickedness, is it weakness, you decide. And this is the first time in the album where Kendrick is introducing, he, look how he's slowly building on these themes. And now he introduces this idea of maybe it's on each individual to decide if he, if he or she wants to behave in a lustful way. Um, and it doesn't really matter how bad the environment is. It doesn't matter if Trump was elected or, or if he doesn't care about you at all. You at least have some power to escape your lustful ways. And Duckworth, final track on the album is when he really talks about that and the benefits it can bring. And we'll, we'll get to that soon. The next track, XXX, the weakness here is vengefulness and hypocrisy on Kendrick's part. But he builds on this theme of, of the wickedness being the wickedness of America as well. And, and the interplay, again, between your own weaknesses and the wickedness of America. So in part one, Kendrick gets a call from his friend asking what to do about his son being killed. His friend asks Kendrick to pray for him. And when he asks this, Kendrick is honest with his friend and he says quite bluntly, you know what, man, if, if someone killed my, one of my family members, I would turn back and kill them and I would exhibit vengeance. And Kendrick says, you should kill them, then throw the gun in his lap. Matter of fact, I'm about to speak at this convention. I'll call you back. All right, kids, we're going to talk about gun control. There's a lot of things going on here. So for one, you see Kendrick's weakness of vengeance and wanting to, he tells, he suggests that his friend kill, uh, kill the man and, and exhibit vengeance. And, but then next thing you know, he's at a, maybe at an assembly talking to children in the school about gun control. So look at the hypocrisy again here. Um, this is actually very similar if you've watched or listened to the To Pimp a Butterfly analysis. In Blacker the Berry, Kendrick talks about how the issues with gang violence um, are very prevalent around him. and But then he says how his own participation in gangs also puts him in a position to kill other black men as well. So he kind of talks about how how horrible it is that there's gang violence all around and how bad of an influence this has. But then he says he participated it, participated in it as well to a certain extent. And this shows a little bit of hypocrisy because it would make him kill um, a member of his own race as well. So you can't blame it all on the environment. You also did make the choice to, to do certain behaviors. And you see the hypocrisy as well in XXX when he tells his friend to shoot and kill this man, but then he's speaking about kids to kids about gun control. Um, also, remember from Feel when he says, I feel like the whole world wants me to pray for him, but who's praying for me? So this track, it's really about how, how can Kendrick possibly help his friend resolve his issues by praying for him? when he's not even at peace himself and nobody is supporting and praying for him. So again, you see how the wickedness and issues in the world of nobody praying for Kendrick could possibly influence his own weaknesses. Um, because he doesn't get enough adequate support, his weaknesses are more prone to come out when he tries to support others. So it's not all Kendrick's own weaknesses that maybe make him feel vengeful. Maybe it's because, Maybe if he had a little more support, he wouldn't exhibit these weaknesses. So, is it wickedness of the world? 
that's influencing your behavior or is it your own weakness or is it a mix of both? It's incredibly complex. Part two of this song talks about mostly the wickedness of the world now. And he says, uh, the great American flag is wrapped and dragged with explosives, barricaded blocks and borders. Look what you taught us. It's murder on my street, your street, back streets, Wall Street, corporate offices and banks, employees and bosses with homicidal thoughts and Donald Trump's in office. So Kendrick expounds a little more on the wickedness of the environment around him that has perhaps, again, created or at least fostered some of his own weaknesses in re recommending his friend to be vengeful. So you, again, you just see how the wicked, the wicked environment is also a little bit to blame or it could be a little bit to blame for your own weaknesses, at least to a certain extent. Um, Kendrick also says in this song, look what you taught us. It's almost as if he's talking to America saying, your wickedness played a role in the affliction your own people face and their contemptible, lustful behaviors like in the previous track. So it's almost as if America taught these individuals to behave in undesirable ways. Maybe if there were better influences around these individuals in poverty, they wouldn't be showing such weak ways. Um, so again, you see how Kendrick presents the many sides um, of the interplay between poor environments and the flawed individual. So in lust, he's kind of more on the side of it, it's more weak behaviors are more to do with the individual's weakness. And even though everyone blames it on the wicked world, uh, they still go back to exhibiting their own lustful, weak ways. So it's really on them. But then in XXX, he talks a little bit more about the environment. And maybe it's the wickedness of America that plays more of a role than we think. So just when you think you've uh, centered on what Kendrick is saying, and oh, this album, he must be talking about how we all have our own choice, and it doesn't matter the environment you're in at all, you should be able to get out of your lustful ways. He adds on another song, and then that just expounds upon this theme and gives you another thing to think about out about how bad America really is. And maybe if America was a little better, people wouldn't be behaving in such weak ways. In fear, he turns the lens back onto himself more than any other song in the album. And he talks about how fear has been a weakness since early in his life, but it has also been a weakness that may have been fostered a little bit due to the toxic environments he lived in, the wickedness around him. So the song is divided into three parts and it's about how he experienced fear at three stages in his life. First, when he was seven years old, then 17, then 27. Um, so a 20 year span. And the first one in when he was seven years old, he talks about his fear of his mother's punishment. His mother is always threatening to beat him over just about everything over talking back. If Kendrick jumps on the couch if he walks in the house with tears in his eyes, if the TV is too loud. Um, and 17, he faces different fears now. Now it's a fear of death because of the dangerous environment he lives in. And note, actually, if you, if you listen closely, you can hear how he changes his voice to sound more like a teenager in this song. Just uh, an extra thing of complexity in this album. Um, but so here it's... It, when he's 17, it's really, he's centering on, again, the wickedness of the world around him that is influencing his own weakness of being such a fearful person. 
Um, and how could you not be a fearful person? And how could you not exhibit that weakness in such a poverty stricken, crime invested environment? Gang, gang related activities going on, drugs being peddled and things like this. And uh, here you, you see him add to this fact that yes, there are weaknesses in, in the, in people, but there are serious aspects of the environment that influence these weaknesses. So Kendrick and when he's 17 in the song, he has constant worries as a teenager of dying at the hands of gang members, at the hands of the police, or due just to general gun violence. Um, Kendrick's fear he's had since a child is only exacerbated as a teenager in the nox noxious environment he's in. In the impoverished, crime-ridden environment Kendrick is in as a teenager, he thinks he'll probably die because that's what you do when you're 17, as he says in the song. Ten years later, when he's 27, he still is exhibiting fear. And the fear, he has two fears. One of them is the fear of losing it all, and the second is the fear of being judged. So let's talk about how he talked about his fear of losing it all. He says, the shock value of my success put bolts in me. All this money, is God playing a joke on me? Will he see me as Job? Take it from me and leave me worse than I was before? At 27, my biggest fear was losing it all. Scared to spend money had me sleeping from hall to hall. Scared to go back to section eight with my mama stressing. 30 shows a month and I still won't buy me no Lexus. Um, so Job, if you need some context into that, Job was a character in the Bible and it was the story of a man, uh, who was wealthy and he was a righteous man, but God tested him by taking away his family and his wealth. And Kendrick is afraid that God will see him as Job and will take everything away from him. So this is why he didn't want to buy any nice car or, or, he slept from hall to hall. He didn't want to buy a place because he was, he has the fear of losing it all and going back to such a traumatic state in section eight with his mom stressing over everything and going, reverting back to the fear he experienced as a seven-year-old. Those traumatic experiences, look how they have an impact on people. They can create weaknesses in people that Kendrick does such a good job in, in conveying in this song. Um, he also says the shock value of his success put bolts in him and it, the shock value of his success bolted him down so much that he was, yeah, he wasn't willing to spend his money. He wasn't willing to be free. He couldn't be free, even though he was fine economically, he's well off and everything, but, um, he still isn't free. And this is, this is just how he, um, He's been fearful since a child, almost as if it is in his DNA from birth. Um, he, in the final verse, he talks about how he has fears kind of as, as around a 30-year-old or, or close to a little bit after um, at 27 when he grew accustomed to more fear around when this album was recorded. And he talks about the fear of losing creativity, the fear of missing out on his relationships, the fear of losing loyalty from pride because his DNA won't let him involve in the light of God. So this includes a few names from the album, loyalty, pride, and DNA. And this is why fear is one of the most revelatory songs on the album because it really, it syncs together a lot of the ideas really well. So with this bar, Kendrick fears his prideful nature that he discussed in DNA he fears that this nature won't allow him to remain loyal to others or, 
allow others to remain loyal to him because his pride will get in the way. He feels as if these negative traits in his DNA don't allow him to do what is pleasing to God, or in other words, live in God's light. His DNA won't let him involve in the light of God. So you see how he's so afraid of all of these things, and he's not able to shake these thought patterns that have been established since childhood, even with newfound power and newfound riches. Um, So the weakness of fear, you see how it really became part of Kendrick's character since an early age, but Maybe it it wasn't just Kendrick's fault. Maybe it was because of the wickedness of his surroundings, like his mother's fear tactics, the impoverished environment he lived in filled with gang violence and police brutality as a teenager. And by the time he's 27, even though he he maybe should, in some people's perspective, find it easier to... Um, to not be afraid because you're so well off. Why should you still be afraid? But he still has fear inside of him because of and this weakness because of the wickedness of his environment he lived in. Kendrick's ideas, this is really the heart of Kendrick's ideas. It, he on all on all of his albums, really, he's really talking about these dichotomies between the individual and the environment around that individual. So a good kid in a mad city, a pure butterfly corrupted by vices, temptations, fame, fortune, power, the devil, gang, neighborhood tides, uh, depression, regret, colorism, and racism, and now in Dam, a human's own weakness exacerbated by the wickedness of the world. This is really what Kendrick's albums center on, and um, but he talks about it in a different way in each of his albums, which is so interesting. We come to God now, where, again, you see the weakness of pride coming in for Kendrick. Um, he says, do you know who you're talking to? I kill him with diamonds, or I put up like 1,500. There's nothing in life I can't handle. Everything I write is an eight ball. Everything I touch is a gold mine. Everything I say is from an angel. This is what God feels like. So, this song perhaps wasn't as complex as the others, but I feel as if it was important to at least... Uh, gloss over a little bit because it does talk about again still Kendrick's pride he does still feel like he is on almost like a god level and and it is more of a feel-good song but the way I interpret this one is more to do with conveying that theme of pride that um, he still can't shake with this fame and and fortune that he's attained um and you know what? It, it's it's really, you can see it is tough for, how could you not feel pride when you've achieved what Kendrick has achieved from such a wicked environment that he's come from? And uh, that's really what this album is. It's, it's Kendrick showing his pride, but he does also kind of question it through other songs and and kind of question why he's showing it and, and what's the reason and is it good to show it and Am I being hypocritical showing this pride? But either way, he he is showing this pride quite a bit throughout this album. The final song is Duckworth. And this is where everything, I think, really comes together quite a bit. Because this is where Kendrick, almost for the first time, takes a stance on this conflict between weakness of the individual and wickedness of the world and what causes behavior. So... He says in Duckworth, it was always me versus the world until I found out it's me versus me. Here's this wickedness or weakness again. So in Duckworth, it's almost as if the album is now settling on how 
in the end, it's on you to decide if it's wickedness or weakness. Kind of like it, it was said in blood, wickedness or weakness, but now he adds on, you decide. And it's really you versus you. It's not you versus the world, like the perspective could have been in lust, like, oh man, the world is so hot, I might as well overheat. No, it's about you. It's about you making your own choices for yourself is almost what Kendrick is saying in Duckworth. And in Duckworth, he expounds upon this little this little uh, bar when he says it was always me versus the world until I found out it was me versus me. In an entire story, he uses a story of actually his own father, how um, his own father worked at KFC and seeing that some of the customers were gang members, he decided to get on their good sides and give them free food. And later when that place is robbed, Kendrick's father was actually the only one to survive. So by Kendrick's father, not worrying about the wickedness of the world, not worrying about, and not being weak, even just for a moment and making one decision to just escape all of this and and how it's about him deciding if it's wickedness or weakness and him making a choice for himself, he changed, he pretty much changed fate and it allowed Kendrick to grow up with a father figure and a role model. It allowed um, the gang member actually who didn't kill Kendrick's father, that gang member ended up being the head of Top Dog Entertainment, the label Kendrick is signed to. So he says, if Anthony killed Ducky, which is Kendrick's father, top dog could be serving life while I grew up with a father and die in a gunfight. So if Anthony, uh, the, the gang member at the time, or, or at least the one who was robbing the store, killed Kendrick's father, uh, Anthony could have been serving life in prison. So he would never would have been able to found the label TDE that Kendrick could have ever been signed to. And Kendrick would have grown up without a father and maybe died in a gunfight even before ever getting a chance to sign to the label. So by Kendrick's father, just making a choice for himself and him deciding to be the better person and just doing it one act of kindness to, to the gang members and getting on their good side and not allowing the wicked ways of the world to influence them in any way, look at the benefits that it can produce is kind of the story in this song. So this really sums up Damn You Guys, and I think that was a great track and, and an amazing use of a story here to convey that idea of how you always in the end have a choice to make it make a decision to transcend the wickedness of the world overcome your own weakness and and see the benefits that that it can uh create so that's the analysis you guys damn kendrick lamar another masterpiece i said to Bimp a Butterfly was Kendrick Lamar's magnum opus when I recorded it. But the more you go into each one of these albums, you you start to think that each and every one is his magnum opus because it's so complex and it's hard to really put one of the, over the other. And I'm I think I'm gonna do Good Kid, Mad City in the future as well, um, and discuss how Kendrick talks about this idea of the good kid in the Mad City and how the negative environment around him maybe changed that good kid into something he didn't want to be. And he, again, he's kind of talking about these same ideas of the individual, the flawed individual within the 
negative environment and he talks about it in a different way in all of his albums so maybe we'll talk about that in the future but for now everybody thank you for listening to this episode um i always appreciate it you guys we have uh quite a few loyal listeners even though we're bouncing from topic to topic so drastically um thank you guys for listening in um as i say every time we're growing our community through word of mouth so if you liked this episode just please share it with one or two people who are also interested in kendrick maybe or in this album specifically please subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're listening on and leave a star rating or review on apple Podcasts or like on youtube Please share your ideas as well through the YouTube comments section, the connect page on the website or through social media and share your ideas. Um, yeah. in whatever way you want, really, it could be through email. Um, and that's going to be on the connect page on the website. Please also check out the articles on the website too. And if you want to join our monthly ITP video conference call where we analyze topics together every month, you can support the podcast on Patreon, but whatever you guys do to support, Listening and watching is always plenty, as I say every time. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Insightful Thinkers podcast. We'll be back next Monday, as always, for more in-depth analysis into a diverse set of topics. Take care, everybody.